This is Nursing in America. Each week we speak with incredible nurses from all over the world who have taken the leap to start a new life in the United States. If you're thinking about doing the same, then this is the place you'll find all the insider knowledge and inspirational success stories to realize your own American dream. Welcome to Nursing in America. I am your host, Tanya Friedman, Chief Executive Officer here at Kinetics USA. I've invited Luciana De Silva to be the guest host for a few episodes. She'll be speaking with nurses now living in America to figure out what life is really like. Enjoy. Today, I'm speaking with Sid. He moved to Tampa Bay from Naga City in the Philippines to work as a critical care nurse. Let's see how it went. When you first arrived in the United States, what was it like? So when I first arrived, honestly, I just had this uh, a guy who picked me up in the airport. And so it's like kind of like, he's, he's, that, that guy's not really connected in a health industry. Mm-hmm. So they were, um, he was just paid by the agency to pick me up and show me around the area. Um, I first met to Louisiana. So worked there for three years. It's a pretty small state. Honestly, my my first place I visited is Walmart. <laughs> Those sounded funny, but yeah, um, cause they dropped me there to get my stuff. Cause the next day would be my orientation, so I need to buy the things, food, and good thing I have my my uh, I mean a briefcase full of food that I brought. From, from home, so at least I, ha- I don't need to worry a couple of days. So it's easier if you know that you have food with you, <laughs> just in case if you arrive in a place like, because I arrived at 8 p.m., so I only have an hour to buy my stuff, and tomorrow will be an orientation day. So it's always be good to be prepared you now. Mm-hmm. So you said that you brought a suitcase of food? Yeah, I brought some bread, uh, peanut butter, rice, and a canned goods. And I was able to survive for more than 24 hours, or 24 to 36 hours. Yeah. That's really good advice there. Um, so then, but whenever you first, like, Got to the United States and you and you you know look around. What was the first thing? Was it your first time here, or had you been here before on vacation? Um, in the mainland, yes, it's my first time in the mainland. Uh, working at U.S. territory called Guam. Mm-hmm. It's a small one. So when I first arrived here, it's way different back home. It's a bigger one. It's a bigger place. It's hard to familiarize with places. So the first thing that I need to keep in mind is the address of the hospital, the contact number of the manager, and a hotel to to stay like a couple of days and while trying to figure out things. So it's a big adjustment for me and because it's really, really different set up from the Philippines and here, you know, and they don't have a lot of public transportation. Most of people here drive. So good thing during that time, there's already an Uber and 
oh, my credit card works. So, so setting up your credit card that you can use it here. It's also I, I'll totally advise it for new nurses here. I'm pretty not sure why you what you what you want me to. Sorry. It's fine. We'll but you can ask questions. <laughs> okay. Well, let's talk about you were talking about the credit card and everything. So, what did you how did you budget to come? And what do what did you find out that you were missing when you got here in terms of money? Uh so my, during my first day or So, let's was, say like right before you came. How did uh-huh. you like get in your, how did you do your expenses? How did you plan to come here? And what were your plans with money? And then you got here and then what, what did you find out you were missing? What did you not budget for when you got here that you found? Oh, oh I didn't calculate this. I didn't calculate this, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. So when I got in here, uh, I have uh, $2,000 worth of cash. So that will that will last for at least two weeks because um, make sure that you know your starting date so that you know when are you going to get your first paycheck. So uh, for me, the $2,000 is enough just to buy the, um, the, the things that I need, like food. Uh, first, I just used a air mattress or, you know, the air bed. I bought an Amazon for $49. I used it for a while. Uh, so whenever you came in, you said you bought an air mattress. Where did you stay? Did you start at a hotel? Or? So initially I stayed in a hotel for two days. And it's kind of like expensive that time. So what I did with the first night, I looked for an apartment. And luckily during that time, I have... Uh, I, I found an apartment like five minutes walk from the hospital. So I was very, very lucky with that. And I, I went there, got some application letter, but they asked me for credit scores and stuff that I don't have. I only have my SSN and my offer letter. Mm-hmm. So those are enough, like the offer letter the, that will show your early rate and your SSN. Um, those are the only things that uh, they asked me since I don't have a lot of documents that they need. And then they asked me for like a huge amount of, of payment that, that includes the one month advance and other fees. So I ended up from a $2,000, I ended up like giving the apartment complex like $1,200. I only have $800. So that's the only budget I have. <laughs> and I got my first paycheck the, sec- the second week here in the United States. So the $800 is last for my basic needs. I'm, as I said, just the food and water. And during that time, I don't need to, to, to commute because I only have like five minutes walk from the hospital. So, um, and the uniform, I only bought like two pairs of uniform that time. And I will advise new nurses to bring their um, stethoscope stuff that they need at work. And so it, it, so that you don't need to buy it here because it's more expensive here than in our country in the Philippines. Pretty much that's it. 
When you were buying an apart or whenever you were renting the apartment, you said that they asked that they had a lot of different fees. What all went into that? Tell me a little bit um, about that. There's an application fee and security deposit fee, one month advance, or they call it like one month deposit. So that's the whole amount of the lease. I forgot the other fee. I think the water and garbage stuff. Um, I think, yeah, that, those four. How did you go about finding an apartment? So I I have this, I found this app. It's called Zillow. It's a good thing. You just put your um, zip code where you want to stay and the number of bedroom you want to. During that time, I don't know that you have the option to have your own laundry and laundry and washer dryer in your own apartment. So I just I just filter it to one bedroom and that's it. It's gonna show um, it's, it's gonna result in a different apartment complex. It depends on your budget. Uh, the other thing is you need once I found my the apartment that I want, I Googled it and a Google in a Google you're gonna see those review the the those people right. So make sure if you're working night shift, there's no complaint about noise and you know crime rates. So pretty much those are those are the things that I'm checking. So going to Zillow and checking the apartment name on Google and go to the reviews, review things. Review things like uh I mean the going to the review part. Of, of the Google search, and there you, there, not all apart. I mean, there's no good apartments, so you just need to figure out what you can do with the pros and cons during that time. Because that that apartment was really cheap, <laughs> so the the com the, the community in that apartment is not that good, but it's tolerable. But there's not much noise though, and it's only five minutes walk away from my hospital. So that will work for me <laughs> during that time. Then after a year, when I was able to build my credit score, that's that's the time that I move out to and to uh, like like two miles or three miles away from the apartment. So during that and that time I was able to have a car in my possession. So so you were saying something about the credit score. So were there some apartments that you were not able to get because they wanted your credit score? Yeah, I think a couple of apartments declined my inquiry. And then because the apartment where I stayed there was not really my first choice, but they ended up getting that one because they're not really a picky on their applicants. So, but it's only... It's, the good thing, as I said, it's only like five minutes walk away from the hospital. So I was really blessed to have that one available right right away. <laughs> <laughs> so I only stayed in a hotel for two night, uh, two days. My third day, I'm already on the, the apartment and I'm setting up the electricity and stuff like that. Wonderful. So let's go through that process because a lot of people don't know when, you know, whenever you get an apartment that you have to set up the electricity, the uh -huh. Wi-Fi, the this, the that kind of walk me through that process, like a how to, let's say like, I didn't know uh -huh. anything. 
<laughs> and I'm like, I need to get an apartment. How do I do this? Okay. So um, the thing that I could have done during that time is when I was like on the transition of getting here in the United States, I could have accessed the website, the Zillow.com and try looking for an apartment and sending them emails so I can be prepared and have an idea when is the apartment be available, the fees that I need to know. So I think like looking for the, it's, it's very easy to use just to make sure the, the, the zip code or your hospital is the one that you're going to put on the search engine. You're going to put the zip code of the hospital on the search engine of, of that um, app or website. So you can do that like ahead of time. You can do that in, in the Philippines or anywhere because it's a, it's a website, you know. And anyway, moving on. So setting up the electricity. So, uh, so when I set up my electricity in my apartment, the thing that they asked me first is also my credit score. <laughs> they also, they're also um, gonna ask your SSN and credit score. If you don't have a good, good credit record if, or, or you don't have a good, um, your credit history is not that long enough, uh, you can, have this option to put a deposit. It's, I think it, it costs like eight to seven dollars or fifty dollars. I think here, if you don't have a credit history, expect to have a a, a deposit, sure deposit, because they're gonna ask you that, and uh, so you, you can be approved. They're gonna put your you're gonna put your SN, the address, the apartment number, and then it's all online. It's gonna they're gonna send you an email that they're working on it. And the only thing is it's it's gonna take time. <laughs> so you need to call them. You need to follow up every now and then. I think I've I've been calling them for uh two days just to have the electricity under my name but once you move in the apartment there's you can already use the electricity electricity the only thing is it's not yet under your name and everything that you have used it, it will be like prorated from the date that you moved in so don't worry um it's not like back in our back in the philippines that you need to set up all the wirings and stuff it's not like that here so <laughs> you just need to Put the account under your name. So everything is online. Just need to follow up through phone. And that's it. Awesome. Uh, tell me about this credit score. How did you find out about the credit system? What did you learn? And how did you, uh -huh. how did you get, you know, how did you build credit? So I knew when I initially, when I first had my apartment application, when I first did it, and I know that it's, it's a thing. And I googled it. It's, it's like a it's it's a, a credit score is a thing where people or lender or leasee is gonna check if you're able to pay this monthly rate. It's gonna, it's gonna show your record if you you filed bankruptcy or other stuff. So 
So I know I don't have that. Do you remember when I first came in here? And I built my credit score using a, uh, a credit card, which uh, it's also hard to find a credit a bank who's going to give you a credit card uh, without a lot of uh, requirements. So during that time, the only requirements I have again is the offer letter from the hospital, SSN, and passport, and I-94. But yes, I-94 because I initially work here as a working visa. But if you're an immigrant or a green card, you don't need that. Was there yeah. a particular bank that you went to that you found out was the best? Um, um, local banks will, you'll have a more chance of them giving you a credit or approving your credit card. So sometimes they're going to ask you to deposit a certain amount. If you deposit like $2,000, so that will also be your credit limit in your credit card. But in my case, I was lucky they didn't ask me that. They, they didn't ask for any of that. They just asked my um, documents. And from then, my first car also, I did not, I didn't do the, the finance release because I don't have a credit history. So I learned this thing. So I learned new things, you know. <laughs> I learned this thing or website, they call it Carfax. And it's it's also like an app. Uh, I can sh I can show you sometime. Like you can I think that most checks that you need to 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 do is first you need to filter that the vehicle has no accident record, has it's the first owner and and low mileage and yeah, that's the thing that I use. And I was able to find uh, a good vehicle with in a in a budget that I have during that time. And I use it for I think a year. And during after a year I have a good credit score. So I was able to finance a new car, but um, honestly, it's not really, it's, it's not advisable to uh, finance immediately a new car if you're okay with a used, used car. It's just like, anyway, it's diff it, it depends on the person, the person. So yeah, that's how, that's how I built my credit score after having a, a financing the vehicle. After the 10 months, they said it's a, if you're able to not miss any payment, you'll be able to have a good uh, credit history. We'll be back with the conversation in just a second. There's a wonderful opportunity for you. Kinetics USA is currently recruiting registered nurses from all over the world to work in healthcare facilities here in the USA. If you are interested, please apply at kineticsusa.com slash application. That's kineticsusa.com forward slash application. On with the show. So then you find so then you found the car on Carfax. Mm -hmm. and you went and whenever you were buying the car, did you just pay cash and then or was it like what you said like through the bank that it was financed that way? It was a third party bank that financed my car and I did a $2000 down payment. Okay, so it was a third party uh, bank then. Yeah. And I think it's uh, my first APR that times like 4%, which is like still high. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Well, what about insurance? Oh, oh what do you mean? Health insurance or um, all insurance? So we're still sticking to the car. Let's, let's stick to oh, the okay. transportation and, and the car. So the insurance, if, if you're a first-time driver here, expect for a, like a more expensive insurance. So it's a, my premium that time, like, like 1500 for six months. And that's a, that's a lot. It's my monthly and my insurance is more than my monthly and my fi- <laughs> my car. <laughs> so yeah, I think I was like paying 300 something per month for the insurance. And then after six months, I switched to a different insurance of the company. So the good thing is every when you switch to them, they're going to give you a good deal. And it's pretty like it from 1,500, it went down like 900 something for six months. So, and if you pay it a cash upright, it's going to go down to like less than 50 or $70. So since then I'm just paying um, cash upright. So, cause you're going to save a lot. And if you, you bundle it with your renter's insurance, you're going to save more. So I'm like, I'm kind of like the progressive people. Yeah. <laughs> you bundle your renter's insurance and your car insurance, you can save more. <laughs> it was funny because we were talking about bundling, like um, whenever you're setting up your apartment, there are bundles uh-huh. that you get that way, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell me yeah, about the I was able- thing with uh-huh. the apartments. Yeah, renter's insurance. Um yeah, but my first apartment, they, they don't require renter's insurance. As I said, it's not like it's not the ideal apartment, but it's it works for me. So <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um okay, well then let's kind of let's move on to um, you know, you were talking about now you you're getting into the hospital. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it's your orientation. What was orientation like? So thoughts as you're going through it. What so I was able to meet with my, you're going to meet with your nurse manager. Um, that's the person that you're going to um, directly report to. And then precious, uh, your nurse manager is going to show you around, introduce, introduce you to different, um, different people. And we're going to give your schedule. This is your um, preceptor for two weeks. And if you have a chance, you can meet your preceptor the next day. Then my preceptor at that time, uh, you will be asked your background so they know where to start um, filling in. So my first day, I was like, I was just like observing and I'm like listening and it's more and you need to like listen and observe all, observe all what they're talking about, like learn from them. And I know I know all nurses, or I mean, all, all nurses know all the, most of the procedure. I think most of the procedures kind of have the same principle. The only difference is they're using different kind of technology and the practice, but it's, it's going to have all the same principle. So you're just going to need to be familiarized with their practice and with their equipment and always ask them it's okay to ask them every now and then 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 hurting your patient 
And then the only huge adjustment is the charting. So it's more on computer charting here. And my first three weeks, I've been like very, I've been like very slow in my documentation. So what I did, I still have this paper, just chatting down the things that I've done. And at the end of the shift, I'm gonna document that. It's it's called it's kind of like late charting, which is not ideal. But during your first first few weeks, you can do it. But you're gonna be like leaving the hospital like 30 minutes or 40 minutes late than expected. And then once you once you get used to it, it will just very easy for you. Like it will just be like clicking, 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 and think um and just familiar familiarize it for three weeks, I guess. And after three weeks, I'm pretty much um. I pretty much like know the, the computer stuff here and the medications here, they more, they, they used to like call the drug by their brand than their um, generic names. So I think different countries are, they have different practices. I said, as I said, they have the same principle. They have just have different practices and equipment. It's it. You just need to like work on those two, and you'll be fine. For the practices part, yeah, I'm. I've been told that how clinical works here versus in other countries. That um, a lot of other countries, like you were saying, that you're charting manually, but then also the the position of the nurse is different in terms of what your scope of work is, what your <laughs> Um, responsibilities are that it's uh -huh. very different here. Tell me a little bit yeah. about that. So, so I first worked here and during day I work I work days most of my most of my um, job here. Lucky so you. I've been like experiencing and participating in what they call multidisciplinary um, rounding. So I think I work I work in a 40 bed neuro ICU patients. So we have like three teams. We have the intensivist, we have the fellow, those are doctors. And since it was like a teaching hospital, we have like one doctor from a school shadowing. You also have a nurse practitioner or a physician assistant a pharmacist, and sometimes a dietitian, so plus the nurse. So those seven are talking to each other during, during the rounds. Um, sometimes the main intensivist is, gonna, is going to discuss the case of the patient, or sometimes the nurse practitioner or the physician assistant is, is, is going to do that. And then they, in, in critical care, we do it by system. And uh, before go before doing the system, they're going to ask what are the events that happen overnight. You just need to tell them like like pointers. So, patient had fever. Patient got restless. Started on this trip. Patient had a hypotensive episode. Okay, okay, what do they do? So, after that, they're gonna do by system, like head to toe, um, neuro, um, cardio, respiratory. It's in critical care. It's more broad, like 
It will be like talking about the vent settings on the respiratory um, side and those a lot of stuff. So also, and each member has their own participation. And the nurse, the nurse need to talk or speak if the one of them is not is not telling the right information, and they're they're not going to be offended with that. Just just to make sure you're you're going to do it in a nice way. Um, let them finish first, and you can raise your hand. Like um, by the way, it's not really like this. They did like this, like that. So it's it's not going to offend them. Honestly, they're going to appreciate it. Like, oh, really? Because they told me they did this, but they're not. So uh, it's like, I, I'll, I'll say the nurse is more proactive here. And the nurse should be like a patient's advocate. I have experienced uh, one time, like uh, a neurosurgery, I mean, a neurosurgery, uh, like a fellow or a, or a resident, I've been mean, third year resident asking for a, for my patient's consent to do a procedure, but my patient is lethargic or, or not in the right mind. So I, I, I called that doctor attention and doctor said, oh, he, he signed, he signed. Then I, I talked to my um, boss, the, the head nurse, and well, we addressed the problem because it's, it's, it's not safe. It's not safe. You, if you know you're right, if you know it's for patient safety, um, I'll always raise the concern. If 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 the if they ignore you, raise the concern to your um, boss or your head or your, your supervisor, and they're gonna work on it, and they're gonna they're, they're gonna kick the ass. <laughs> so that that what hap- that happened to me one time. To speak yeah. up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as long as you're 100% sure, as long as you're, it's for the patient's safety and you're, you're being like a patient's advocate, you, you need to speak because if you're not, and if something happened to your patient and they're going to ask you why you didn't tell us about that, and you're going to be in trouble. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay to... Tell them it's okay if they're gonna like it's if if sometimes they're pissed off you updating them from time to time, but at least you're updating them and you're safe. And always don't forget to document. <laughs> always document. Yeah. And one more thing. <laughs> also don't forget to some hospitals offer malpractice insurance to their nurses, but it's also nice to have your own, just in case. <laughs> it's like your own independence malpractice? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, own malpractice insurance policy. And where do you usually get that? I have, I think, NSO and pro liability. Um, I can uh, send you the, the link or website. Yeah. It's yeah, it's, 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 it's per year um, policy. It's gonna like hundred ten dollars per year. Yeah. It's gonna sh- show you the coverage, and if you get hurt during blood work, and you're still gonna get paid, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. 
Well, it seems like a big thing too in the United States, just in general, is the legal part of everything. Mm-hmm. Everything's yeah. a contract. Everything's a signature. Is it like mm-hmm. that back in the Philippines? What's the difference there in terms of like covering your ass, right? Uh, yeah. Um, so in the Philippines, the nurses there is, I mean, I can, for me in my experience, not the, not the proactive, the, the practice here. So back there, some doc, I mean, some of them, like, they have, they have consent, but you didn't see the consent. Like, <laughs> you're just, okay, okay, let's <laughs> go. Here, if, if they have consent, you need to see the consent, check the consent, and all those stuff before sending your patient to a procedure. So that's the difference. Um, also, when it comes to documentation, I feel comfortable, comfortable um, documenting um, significant events, things that I need to document to just to save, just to save my responsibility. Like I already, I already reached this concern to this certain doctor, but nothing was done like that. Um, back in the Philippines, there's no such thing like that. So it's, it's just that the doctors are more on in control of what to do and giving the nurses orders. And sometimes the nurses are afraid to talk or speak, especially if the doctor's not that nice. <laughs> so yeah, that's the only difference. Um, well, you were, I remember whenever we were having our group session, you were saying something that about benefits, about yeah. benefits. Tell me a little bit about, like, remember you had a background story about this and then what you ended up doing about it. Tell me a little bit about that. Um, the benefits, like, like the retirement plans like that? Mm-hmm. Okay. The financial benefits of a job. Uh, so, so each hospital has their thing they call the retirement plan. It's from a third party, we have Vanguard, Fidelity, companies like that. So they're partnering with those companies and some hospital do the, do this thing they called matching. Like if you, if you put this certain amount in your 401k or 403, or it's like a, it's the same. It, it, they, just, they just call it retirement plans. <laughs> if, if you put this certain amount, they're going to, match it like 20%, 30% of what you give each paycheck. And that percentage percentage is all, already a, a free money. So when I first started here, I've been like putting putting my contribution as low as 3%. And I was like, <laughs> I just realized it a couple of years after that. Oh, it's a, I just missed all the free money that the hospital is giving me. So when I, when I um, realized that, I immediately searched what an average American contribute or percentage they contribute in their 401k and how they do this. So basing on that, I gradually increased my contribution. And nice thing to know that there's like, of survey, like, like people on this kind of age has this certain amount of retirement money in the plan. So you kind of like, 
you, you kind of like need to achieve those goals too. But um, keep in mind that you also need to save money for big purchases. Like if you need, you want to to buy a car using a cash, don't need to finance. Or if you're buying, if you're planning to buy a house, so you also need to consider consider those things. I always think about cash. <laughs> yeah. And another benefit is the health insurance that yep, the um, hospital is providing. Uh, always uh, choose the highest coverage that they're offering because um, it's part of the needs here. Um, health, I mean, health service in the United States is very expensive. So you need to invest in that one. Health health insurance, 401k, and um, life insurance as well. <laughs> life insurance, you can you can just do it if you have like if you it, it depends. You, you need to realize things first before, before because there there's like types of ins- life insurances. So. You know, coming back to the health insurance, that's something that actually we got a lot of feedback about, but a lot of people are worried about that they don't really know how it works because it's so different in the United States than in the mm-hmm. rest of the world. One, it's expensive. But the mm-hmm. other thing is, is just how the overall system is different. Can you kind of, can you describe that of how that, that works in terms of payments and coverage and how it's different from the Philippines, for example? Mm-hmm. Pretty much the same concept, but it's just more ex- really more expensive here than in the Philippines. Uh, but they have this same coverage, and they have this thing called um, deductibles. So if if you if you get the highest uh, coverage in your insurance, you have more like you have a less uh, out of pocket once you reach the deductibles. So. The, it's the usually the hospital's gonna give you the uh, the benefit chart about their health insurances, but it's it's I would just prefer to what whatever whatever uh, whatever they offer go to the highest coverage like <laughs> up with <and> up <laughs> like I'll avail their short disability long disability just 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 get it and and if you need it you're, you'll be thankful that that you you have those options then then put then choosing the lesser coverage which i i think in my experience um my out of packet every time i go to an urgent care is 25 dollars that's that's the same here in florida and louisiana and if you go to a special um doctor with specialty it's like 50 dollars so Done if it's time. Yeah, some ask for more, like copy more. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of Nursing in America. Part two will be available next week, so make sure you hit the follow button and come back to join us then. If you enjoyed the episode, please help us and leave a review. Kinetics USA is currently recruiting registered nurses internationally. We offer direct hire which means healthcare facilities will directly sponsor and hire you to work here in the USA. If you're interested, 
please apply at kineticsusa.com slash application. That's kineticsusa.com forward slash application. You can find the link in the show notes.